Hey everyone, I'm Coach Mike and welcome to this episode of the MindFit Method Podcast. All right, so today we're going to talk about a topic that's a little bit controversial um, and really it's about does a child's grades in school, you know, are they any type of an indicator of success later in life? And isn't it funny how when you ask a an industry a question that they know the answer may not work in their favor, that answer is usually complicated. So the giant question is this. How do we as parents, teachers, school administrators, policymakers, coaches, how do we prepare our kids for a future that doesn't yet exist? All while making them healthier, more creative, more innovative, better problem solvers, and overall successful contributors to society. That is the question, and this podcast has the answers. My name is Coach Mike, and welcome to the MindFit Method Podcast. Okay, so before we dive into whether or not, you know, really your grades in school are an indicator of success, I think we need to talk about what is defined as success. Because if you look at the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, success is the fact of getting or achieving wealth, respect, or fame. Now, that's very interesting because in 2019, a study was done um, by the uh, uh, IPSOS uh, company on behalf of a university to really look at what do Americans believe success is. And I think it's long time uh, coming that Merriam-Webster changed their definition because um, when this uh, study was released, 90% of people did not believe that it was about power, possessions, or prestige. In fact, they believe that success is actually defined by a person's happiness. And um, Dr. Michael Platter, who was the president of Australia University, actually who did the study, came out and said, you know, it's really no longer about the car or the house. People are focused on are they leading a fulfilling life? Um, and what does fulfilling mean? That's another question that we could get into. Um, whether that means finding a better career, whether they achieve their personal goals, they're spending more time with their families. Um, but in the end, you know, 66% of people in that study cited that you know, good relationships with friends and family are really, really important and loving what you do for a living are really, really important. Um, now, interestingly enough, if you do look at the data, um, the people that were interviewed were ages 18 and up. Now, that I find kind of interesting because that's right around the time that they're high school seniors. They haven't really experienced life yet. So it's an interesting number to go off of. I think it would have been more fascinating to see what 25-year-olds and up continue uh, consider as success instead of 18 and up because 18 and up really hasn't necessarily um, experienced a lot of life yet. Um, but you know, then we go back to, okay, so – Let's talk about what the normal versions of our success are because here's where we, what we say and what we actually think or what we actually do may be two very different things. Now, if you talk about what is successful to many parents of a high school senior, right? Because we've had those conversations. It's what schools did their, did their child get into? What scholarships did they get? What um, you know financial aid packages or – uh, full rides that they get. That's one of my favorite ones because, um, you know, m make no mistake, I know as a society we're always trying to achieve some type of status with other people. But it is amazing to me when 
you have conversations with people and you know they say to you, oh, my you know son or daughter is going to play sports in college. They got a full ride to go play um, at XYZ school. And so many times, uh, you know, they're talking about a D3 school. And I went to a D3 school, so it's nothing against three, D3 schools. But they're talking about a D3 school. They did not get a full act, uh, ride for um, their athletics because D3 schools can't do that. So we're always looking for that status thing. And that's where, if you think about it from a standpoint of uh, Webster's Dictionary, they talked about one of the things is about gaining or uh, achieving respect. And respect is also um, often correlated with status. If, if you have a good status, you are respected. So it's kind of an interesting situation that does make it a little bit complicated because you really have to be able to define what success is. But if you look at some of the people, let, let, let's just say success is what the dictionary is. If you look at some of the people that have truly made um, unbelievable wealth, have grown giant companies. It's the world of the Steve Jobs, the um, the Bill Gates, the Richard Bransons. You know, a lot of these people did not do well in school. Um, you know, education for them was truly a struggle because their minds worked in a different way. So to just say that you know your grades are an indicator of success is really not true. And on top of it, here's another thought. Um, because this is kind of in the national news quite a bit right now, and it's about the student loan forgiveness. So if someone does amazing in school, um, they did amazing in elementary school, middle school, high school, now they did amazing in college. Uh, let's say they made dean's list every semester, which is great. They're, that's fantastic. But yet they get out of college, right? So now you would think, okay, they are super successful. And now we find the situation where these these students are or former students are begging for student loan forgiveness because all the money that they spent on their knowledge, right, um, has not achieved them success. So if someone gets out of college, they have straight A's. Let's say they have a four and they have a job that is underpaying them for for what they're qualified for. Um, they need student loan forgiveness. They can't move out of a home with their parents because they don't make enough money. Would you consider that to be successful? And I'm not asking, I'm not telling you whether it is or it isn't. I'm just asking, would that be successful? Because for many people, it would not be. For some people, it may be because they had fantastic grades, but the grades did not translate into something. In other words, the knowledge did not translate into something. And that is a really big point today. Um, I see it as someone who hires others in the healthcare world. Um, you know, there is, I'm not looking for degrees. I'm going to be honest with you. When I, when we look at uh, resumes that come in uh, for potential employees, I don't care what their GPA is. I don't care where they went to school. Um, I really want to know more than anything, can they do the job that I am hiring them for? And that's it, which means do they have skills? And skills, and I've said this so many times before, but skills are everything today. Um, the amount of almost useless knowledge in a way that we're teaching in schools today is insane. And when you think about, let's talk about elementary school, a middle school, a high school kid. Um, for those students, isn't it interesting that you know so many people want to tie good grades to a, a person's future success? Yet, at the same time, they will also say that um, it is the teachers 
that are teaching the class that matter whether or not a child does well or not. And look, I sat on a board of education for a long time. I was president of a board of education for a long time. There was nothing more frustrating to me than to see how teachers were moved from subject to subject because they were good, not only subject to subject, but grade to grade, um, because the schools were trying to get their scores up for their standardized tests in specific subjects. So you had a teacher who was really, really good and may have been a fantastic third grade teacher, um, but they then wanted to continue that success that third grade had. So they moved the teacher to fourth grade so that as you look at the, uh, the achievement from a diagonal standpoint, not a straight line across, it continued to show that growth. Um, to make matters worse, you know, and a lot of people don't realize this. But you know, again, in sitting on a school board, I had an education on education that I'll be honest, I was a lot happier when I was ignorant of it because ignorance truly is bliss. But I remember, um, you know, there were for students that needed extra help, whether they were resource room, whether they were basic skills. Um, so many times, the teacher that was put in that subject was not a good teacher, but they didn't know what to do with the teacher because the teacher was tenured. So they put the teacher into a position that would not have a negative impact on the school's standardized test scores, um, which is horrible. I saw the same thing on the other end of the spectrum where um, teachers who also were, would never be put in one of the main core subjects that could have an impact on a school's standardized test scores were in charge of the gifted and talented students. So now you have both ends of the spectrum, those students that need extra help because they are struggling and those kids that need extra help because they are far advanced of, of where they should be at that age, neither one of them were actually getting what they needed because they didn't have the fantastic teacher that was able to work with them. So is a child's success indicative of their own effort or is a child's success um, indicative of the teacher's um, ability to teach? And again, I'm just throwing these questions out there, but I think they're questions that really have to be asked. Now, if you look at this from a standpoint of college students, there was a research paper. It was co-authored by a Nobel Prize winning economist, uh, James Heckman, that actually found what they believe was the most important predictor of success. And guess what? It wasn't grades. It was personality. Now, here's where it gets, again, a little complicated because can your personality, which can include traits like perseverance, diligence, self-discipline, um, are those things uh, predictors of success? So if you have perseverance, if you have diligence and you have self-discipline, um, would you then get better grades? Maybe or maybe not. It depends. Because in the end, what they found was IQ only accounts for about 1% to 2% of income differences in individuals. So let's be honest, as smart as someone is, IQ plays a very, very small role. Um, so if IQ plays a small role, then where does that leave education? Um, now, there are links between academic and career success, um, but there's a lot of gaps too. Um, grades don't matter, measure leadership or someone's ability to be comfortable with risk which honestly are two of the traits that are essential to the highest echelon of at least business success. Um, a grade point average has nothing to do with emotional intelligence or interpersonal skills or a person's ability to network. 
Um, and those things are all extremely important if you think about professional success, if you look at it that way, not just happiness, but professional success. So when the findings of this study came out, and it did show the limitations of how academic success can predict career success, there is an area where college grades remain a key factor in a student's trajectory. And that really has to do with you know, the pro progress of does someone go to graduate school, which is a whole other topic because they, are they actually learning any additional skills in graduate school or are they just learning knowledge? Um, internships. Now, internships, you're much more likely to develop skills as you are fellowships and other jobs. Um, so GPA may be a way to sort those candidates, but is it actually a fair way to sort those candidates? Because your GPA, again, if it doesn't show all of those other things that we just talked about before, how is GPA then being used? I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Now, here is what I thought the most interesting part of it was. And this kind of tied into what I said before about people like Steve Jobs by Richard Branson, um, Elon Musk. Because one of the things that was really looked at in this study was do future entrepreneurs do well in school? So you have entrepreneurs, innovative, those in creative industries. They achieve their success by completely breaking the mold. Um, in fact, like Steve Jobs, as an example, had a graduating high school uh, GPA of 2.65. Bill Gates dropped out of college. Um, so there is a different mindset when you get to the world of entrepreneurship, innovation, creativity, which isn't it funny that those are all the things that the workforce is looking for today. Um, I keep hearing now the new term corporate entrepreneurship, meaning you work for a company, but how can you be entrepreneurial in the company? Well, here's what's interesting. You're asking for that as a company, but if you didn't care about that quality on the way in because you looked at someone's grades or you looked at where someone went to school instead of their ability to be innovative, to be creative, then isn't it interesting that you're now asking for them to be something that they truly may not be? And here's the other thing. So if you have subjects that kids are completely not interested in, whether it's right or wrong, this study alone found that courses that failed to strike their imagination, they were willing to do no work at all for them. And honestly, I was a great example of that. I totally struggled uh, during my undergrad. I was not a straight-A student, but yet I graduated with a near 4.0 when I did my MBA because business and that world was something that I was very passionate about, that I loved, especially since I did my, um, my MBA in entrepreneurship and innovation. That, to me, was something that was fascinating, and where could you go with that? So isn't it funny, again, how... Though grades, creativity, grades, innovation, grades, entrepreneurship, all of those worlds um, are not, they're, they're not indicative of each other. And I'll, I'll leave this final note with you guys with this. So one other thing that they looked at was, was a college GPA related to income potential? And essentially what they found uh, through the American Sociological Association, a study that they had done, was found that after 10 years in the workforce, graduates of the most competitive colleges earn 19% more than those who graduate from colleges without a competitive admissions process. So essentially what that means is earning a B average in a top college could be more likely to result in a better career earning than earning an A in a mediocre college. 
But again, let's think about this for a minute. So number one, we just ruled out the idea of grades and success, but it goes all the way back to what we said before about the ability to network, the ability to speak to others. And networking is a huge deal when it comes to college, right? What network are you building in college is going to have an impact or may have an impact on your ability to get in with those that are like-minded, that have similar aspirations to you. Because let's be honest, when you surround yourself with people that have common goals as you, you are more likely to reach your goals. Um, That's even true in the fitness world. If you are in a household where you're really trying, let's say, to lose weight or to work out consistently or to eat better, if you're in a household where the other people in that household do not value that or are not doing those things, it is going to be much more difficult for you to succeed. So it's a fascinating and it is a complicated answer in the end. But I guess the takeaway from this more than anything is that every child is unique. Every child is an individual. And you are going to have grades as a child that are not great, that are not your strong points. However, that is not indicative of, number one, the type of student that you are. Number two, how it's going to impact your future success. Um, I know I've, I've made this point before, but you know, calculus continues to be the benchmark math for colleges. Yet less than like 2.7% of all the people in the world use any aspect of calculus in their day. So why are we putting so much effort and so much work into calculus when guess what? People don't use this. Um, And it's the same thing in many cases for algebra or trigonometry. There is a specific workforce that absolutely is going to use those subjects. However, there is a ginormous uh, component of the workforce that will never use those things. Hey guys, if you notice, I don't run any ads in this podcast because I really just want it to be the message of the MindFit Method, but I do have one ask of you. If you did like this episode, please share it with a friend, uh, put it on social media, tag me in it, uh, because every time we get to share our message, our goal is to help a student, uh, a child, a parent, a teacher in the ways of the MindFit Method and how they can create stronger minds and smarter body. Till next time, thanks everybody.